Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Mario, also known as the Node Defender, is joining us. And we're going to have Gary Gensler as an honorary guest this episode. That'll make more sense later on. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how Gary Gensler indicated a Bitcoin ETF storm is on the horizon. With companies like BlackRock, JP Morgan, and other trillion-dollar institutions beginning to leverage this new asset class. While Cardano founder Charles Hotkinson outlined the war between crypto and CBDCs, stating this is already in effect for over a billion people worldwide. And with the largest financial firms on the planet in the process of turning digital, we break down the details, showing our community how this next bull run is shaping up to be the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, I also want to throw this out there. Elizabeth Warren is leading an anti-crypto campaign across America, and she actually filed a new bill with Congress yesterday. So we're talking about that too. But first of all, how are you feeling, my friend? Thanks for being here. Abs, I'm feeling great. Good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. We love and appreciate you for showing up every single day. Um, and it's great to be here with our man Mario as well. So I can't wait to hop into it, brother. Thank you so much. And Mario, we're going to talk about a lot of exciting news this morning. ETF storms, tokenized assets, and of course, a little bit of XRP for our listeners as Coinbase has le- has began leverage trading in certain jurisdictions. So that's really big news as well. How are you feeling? Thanks for being here. I'm feeling amazing. Good morning to everyone. It is uh, just as equally great to be here with the man, Johnny K. And of course, Avs, the, the best host in the game. But it's another beautiful day in the crypto space. Uh, Super blessed to be here. Super blessed to be so early. Super blessed to have everybody in the chat. You guys are amazing. And you guys are super early. So let's get the show started. 
Absolutely, guys. And we're going to get this thing started the same way we always do by checking out my Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. I'm posting seven, eight tweets a day. Go smash that follow button if you're looking for updates all throughout the day. When we look at some of the daily movers this morning, we've got Solana up 3.5%, Bitcoin up nearly 2%, the rest of the market down about 2% across the board. And when we look at our Merlin market update, we're sitting at 1.08 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 51% dominance. Ethereum is about 17%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 28,700. Ethereum, 1561. XRP, 49 cents this morning, down nearly uh, a quarter of a percent on the 24 hours. So not What's moving much this morning. Abs, do we know what Quant is doing? Have we checked it recently? On Merlin, this thing is so far down, it's hard for me to find Quant. I'll pull it up later in the episode. All right, yeah. Type but it I believe, in I believe it's it's in the mid-80s. Hey, hey just use the, show people how to use the search button in the upper right corner. Just you know, it. we're going to do cheap plugs later in the episode because we're diving <laughs> right into the crypto content for today, guys. And we already got 180 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny Crypto, this graphic, remember this throughout the episode. The Bitcoin market cap today is only half a trillion dollars. The spot ETF applications alone, they total over $15 trillion in total liquidity. And I think that just highlights how much money is going to be coming into this market. What have I been market. saying, man? What have I been trying to tell everybody? That's a liquidity event. That you, That's like the liquidity event of liquidity events. There's nothing bigger than that. Think about that. From a half a trillion to $15 trillion. I mean, that that's a 30x. That's humongous. And that's how we're going to get a, a chart like this, Johnny. We saw it in 2012. Yes. We saw it in 2016. We even saw it in 2020. I think we're going to see something similar in 2024. Bitcoin, if you look at a lot of these theories, a lot of the Elliott waves and the stock to flow charts, quarter billion to about, sorry, quarter billion, quarter million to about $400,000 seems very likely for the end of 2025. And I know that seems a little bit far out, but November of 2025, it's set to be the peak of the next bull run. With that being said, guys, we got 211 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And this is a video I put out on Twitter yesterday. And Johnny, that's not a that's not a glitch right there. That is 577,000 views on this video. So I was pretty pumped up about that. So that was pretty exciting, guys. <laughs> and the reason this got so many views is because Gary Gensler, he gave some statements he's never given before in regards to an ETF in the United States. I said, this is a must-watch. Gary Gensler drops a bombshell on a Bitcoin ETF. This pretty much speaks for itself. But is it still ongoing since so, you didn't appeal? We didn't appeal last Friday. I think that's accurate. Um, so you could well, still in the well, future in another but, form. But what we have in front of us, just so that the viewing public understands, we have not one, but multiple, I think it's eight or ten filings that the staff and ultimately the commission is considering for what's called exchange traded products for for Bitcoin to be in a in a security. So the Bitcoin would be held and then there'd be something called an exchange traded product. And that would trade on various stock exchanges. And the so believe it or believe it or not, even the most important part of this clip, Johnny, but did you hear what he just said? Bitcoin is going to be traded on stock exchanges. And that led me to believe we're going to see a crypto takeover on the NASDAQ, on the New York Stock Exchange. And I think that's only about six to 12 months away. What do you take away from this video before I play the most important part of this clip? Well, I, I don't know about a crypto takeover, but the most important part was he said, we didn't appeal last Friday. That, that to me is the most important. That's the telltale right there where he's literally saying to you guys, hey, this thing's moving forward. But we've already known that. Everybody on this show has known that if you're watching this show, and yes, Rich XRP is not a security. 
we're well aware of that. Thank you for those comments. But, you know, the reality is this is a big, big, big change in narrative from the head. Of, now, granted, we know that the, the SEC chair has always said SEC, you know, that the BTC is not a security. So there's no surprise that this is going to happen. It's just it continued to get rejected over and over and over. I think there are, I don't know, 14 other plus applications ads that have been submitted over the past three or four years. And yet, at the end of the day, you know, we've always had rejections for one reason or the other, appeals. And now you heard him say, no appeal. So this thing's coming. There's no doubt about it. I'm trying to tell my friends now, you need to get in now if you're getting in crypto. Because once that liquidity event from five, from a half a trillion to 15 trillion comes in, which is going to raise all the tides, you know, high tide raise all boats. Once that comes in, apps. You're not going to see a bigger liquidity event than that. So I, at that point, everybody's going to be complaining. Oh, it's not going up. No way. Yeah, that's it. It will be over. But right now, it hasn't happened. There's a 30x potential waiting to happen. And man, at 30x, that puts Bitcoin almost at 600, almost $700,000. Holy crap. That's pretty far up there, man. So I don't know if it's going to happen that high. But the point is, there's a there's a tsunami coming, Abs. And there's not a lot of Bitcoin for sale. That's another very important narrative to keep in mind. As we go into this next bull run, for the first time ever, companies like Fidelity, JP Morgan, they're going to be buying Bitcoin, holding it, and offering it to their clients. The selling pressure is going away as we speak. And we got 246 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button because everyone needs to see this video of Gary Gensler right here. And Johnny, this was the most important part of the clip. With 8 to 10 filings under consideration, brace for an impact in a crypto takeover. Changes. And those filings are in front of us. I can't prejudge any one of them, but there's eight or 10 that we're looking at. Well, there is a large number and there is kind of a narrative in this market. And I wonder if you could put it to rest that someone's going to get to go first. Is that likely to happen or is it likely to be a group approval? If you're going to have one, a, a bunch of products could be approved at the same time. Uh, again, I'm, I, I'm not going to prejudge. Staff's doing work on those uh, multiple filings, but it's also... So the, he gave you the answer, right? I just realized I was muted. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I yep. can hear you now. Yeah. So yeah. Gary Gensler, basically, I had to cut the clip at the end because he goes on this whole nuance about how he can't address anything specifically. He's not allowed to do so and so on. But I loved what he said. Eight to 10 filings are under consideration. And once they approve one, they're not going to have an excuse to deny the others. Now, she asked a very obvious question. Is someone going to go first? That's how this game works, right? Somebody has to go first. And we know it's either going to be BlackRock, JP Morgan, Whoever's got the most money in the background, that's who's going to get their first run at this. It's not going to be. It's going to be BlackRock. <laughs> BlackRock's going to get it first, unless. They but here's the nuance, it. and let me say, let me get your opinion on this because I'm interested to hear. We know that BlackRock has has. If you listen to guys like Mark Yusko, they have the advantage, right? 575 applications, all of them have been approved before. This is going to be no different. It's most likely that BlackRock gets their ETF application approved. Ark Invest is ahead of them in line, Johnny. So if that's they right. approve the BlackRock ETF. ARC is going to be approved. They're actually ahead of BlackRock. They filed about three to four months earlier. So what do you think? You think BlackRock is just going to get it regardless, even though ARC Invest is ahead of them technically? No, they'll give they'll come up with some reason to delay the ARC one. So they can delay them and delay them. They'll come up with some reason to delay and push them out three more months. And then when BlackRock comes up next in line, they'll get approved. And then everybody behind them will get approved as well at that point. They'll just delay all the other ones and come up with some reason or some excuse. And then, you know, and then, like, okay, yep. Now when we get to the BlackRock one, oh, we solved everything. We had enough time to get everything in and we're done. And reality is 
Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. It doesn't matter. The point is these things are going to get approved. And when they do, there's going to be a, a liquidity event like we've never seen before in crypto apps. And the reason why everybody should be excited is what we've seen historically in the past is money flows into crypto or sorry, into Bitcoin, then out of Bitcoin and then into these other categories. What's really going to happen? I'm not so sure it's going to be that obvious this time around because the money in the past has been a speculative play money. Now, this is real. Everybody's been saying utility. Well, Bitcoin's utility is store value. So it's just a hold. It's a buy and hold. And so if this trigger and happens, most of this money will probably stay here. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a ton of money to be made and people are going to sell and that money's going to flow out and it's going to go into the altcoins. So, and, and once this comes out and legitimizes Bitcoin, it's almost like crypto is going to get a little bit of legitimization. You know what I'm saying? It's called the halo effect. We call this a halo effect in the business world where one thing helps the other thing shine. And so I believe you're going to see a halo effect happening in crypto as a whole. And that's when less and less people are going to start saying crypto is not so much a scam anymore. You're going to start hearing a little less of that. And it's going to start to sound a little bit more. People will be like, oh, yeah, you know, I heard about that on TV. I saw that this thing, BTC, FDTF. Oh, Jim Kramer told me go and buy Bitcoin, huh? Oh, no, please. Kramer tells you buy Bitcoin. Get out. It's time to sell. But, yes, you're right, Abs. That's exactly right. People are going to start hearing it. And as people start to hear more and more and more of this thing, remember, people have to hear things 26 times for it to actually sink in and, and do something, take action. 26 times if you want people like to buy a product or something, right? So the reality is they're going to start hearing that more and more. And when we get it to that number, you're going to start to say, oh, my God, crypto's real. We're like, yeah, we've been telling you that for five, three years on the show. But anyway, we're getting close and I'm getting excited. But I've said enough. Let me turn it over to Mario. And, and guys, here's a, a couple of observations. I don't know if you noticed, but his body language, he was awfully calm. He was yep. smiling. He looked comfortable with those questions and he was actually answering the questions and I to know. me and to me those questions like the the way that he was responding to to the whole bitcoin etf it's he was explaining it it's almost as if it's it already exists so the the like his whole body language the, the whole way the, the way that he he explained everything to me it felt like this is a product that is already in existence and the fact that he said that he they didn't appeal Again, that's another huge clue right there. So we know that this is going to happen because of the involvement from BlackRock. Now I got the feeling that this this is definitely going to happen just because of his uh, his body language. And this is the biggest change, Mario. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. For the first time ever, two things are happening in the cryptocurrency market. One, financial institutions are buying and holding these technologies for the long term. Number two, central banks will have the ability and the incentive to work together and communicate. So a spot Bitcoin ETF is really nothing different. All these financial firms have basically had the handshake deals behind the scenes, like the Italian mafia, Johnny Crypto. They're shaking hands and they're figuring out what's important long before they roll it out to the retail investor. And what they've decided is they are ready to profit off of this technology. Here's what we can anticipate over the next couple of months. Bob, what do you think the likelihood is that we get several or all of the spot Bitcoin ETF applications approved at once, like we saw with the recent ETH futures ETFs? I think nine were approved. 
Yeah, I think it's going to be a waterfall. I, I don't think they're going to prove one and then slowly go through each one with a fine tooth comb because of the people who are asking in. You've got BlackRock, you've got Kathy Wood at ARC, um, you've got uh, Grayscale. These are all, now what's the word, high quality issuances theoretically from the way that the classic investor base looks at them. So I think it's going to be a waterfall of ETFs and then it's going to be a matter of how they're structured, what the actual assets underneath the ETF are and uh, the, the fees on. And that'll cause flow into those ETFs. Which so Johnny Crypto, what's most important about this clip is the people who are more important than the SEC, BlackRock, JP Morgan, the real financial companies that control America. They're bullish about this technology. And now Gary Gensler is starting to reflect that as well. And before you even comment, let me just play one more clip here. It's a 12-second clip, and it actually has to do with John Deaton and this other guy. And let me just locate it here. So these players are more powerful than, than the SEC. This is Scott Melker explaining how now institutions are moving regardless of what Gary Gensler says. BlackRock settled the first transaction on J.P. Morgan Onyx, which was a tokenized mutual fund sent to Barclays Bank. This is happening with or without the SEC, and these players are more powerful than the SEC. Uh, Floor is yours, Johnny Crypto. I thought that pretty much speaks for itself. Well, I mean, yeah. Let's face it. We know, we know, we know the big boys. We know who they are, and we know when they say something, stuff happens. And that's why I'm confident we're going to see this Bitcoin ETF. And whether and whether it comes together or one first, it doesn't matter. I don't care. What I care about is that it comes, and I don't care who gets it first. It makes no difference for all of us who are invested in this space because of the fact that it's going to draw a ton of liquidity into this space. And, and all of us, that's what we want here. And, you know, I got to I gotta admit, Abs, I don't know about the Jim Cramer on TV, but our Jim Cramer here actually said a, <laughs> he's made a really good comment here. You know, this is kind of true. It's either Bitcoin is either really going to be a long-term value or... <laughs> We're a major plug pulling people away from gold. It's a very, very true statement, you know, because because the young kids, I know I've been talking to them and they said to me, they literally said, I was on a couple spaces. I heard them saying, we don't want gold. And, 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 and they said they want Bitcoin. And so when their parents and grandparents start passing down the gold that they had to them, they literally are saying, we're just going to sell it and buy Bitcoin. So that statement is true. People are going to do it. And the question is, if the kids continue in the future generations, hold on to Bitcoin as if it was gold, the way our grandparents and our parents held on to gold, well then, yes, it will be a legitimized new way or a new store of value. Um, it all depends on the mindset of people. And let's face it, Abs, we just said it yesterday. Crypto is coming to gaming. And that's where you brainwash all the kids. So it's coming to Roblox. It's coming to Microsoft. They're going to be very familiar with it. And so when they hear Bitcoin as a store of value, it's going to seem like a natural continuation or flow for them and so to me that's why i think in the long run bitcoin will probably turn out being a, a store of value for the future it's mario and not if here's the interesting question is that everybody starts their crypto journey with bitcoin we even hear people call crypto in general bitcoins so the fact that people are now moving into bitcoin instead of gold i don't actually take it as a replacement narrative i don't think it's gold is being replaced by bitcoin i take it as Young people are looking for new stores of value. And this seems like an obvious revenue to make generational wealth. We're showing it right now. Every four years, this market goes through an evolution cycle and people make millions in the process. Young people want to make money. We want freedom. We want to have control over what we're doing. And when you show a 21-year-old that he can make $50,000 off being in the right place at the right time, they're all excited to get into this market. And that's why in 2025, when prices inevitably rise, 
you're going to see the retail investor come in here like we've never seen before. You're going to have the sheeple, like Johnny liked to say, bad, jumping off the cliff of crypto right now and getting into this market like we've never seen. Mario, do you think it's just a step in the, do you really think it's about Bitcoin replacing gold or is this just one of the steps in the evolution towards young people understanding what crypto technology is? So before I answer that question, Abs, like you said that most people uh, start their journey with Bitcoin. So I actually, I think they used to start their journey, their crypto journey with Bitcoin. I think that's shifted quite significantly over the, the last few years, especially after the last bull run, because I know plenty of people that started with XRP. I know plenty of people that started with Dogecoin because of the whole meme coin, um, you know, craze. So I think that shift from Bitcoin is already happening. I think there's plenty of people that are beginning their crypto journey with other altcoins, with other projects. I think that the most of the hype around Bitcoin right now is surrounded by the institutions and all this adoption that we're starting to, to see take place. As far as your, your question, I really like I, I've always believed that there there has to be a form of digital uh, gold, even if we have a tokenization of gold, just because I, I see that the the way that the world and people, they're just getting so used to, to you know, everything that, that involves digital, whether it's your social media. I mean, people are extremely comfortable putting all their life on, on social media. So it's a transition that is going to happen. Value, internet of value is going to be 100% um, a thing. And so all, all of these uh, traditional assets are going to have to become digital at some point. And that's the part that I think is super exciting. And as far as younger generations, they're going to be completely open to uh, using these uh, technologies or digital assets because they they grew up in a digital age. Like for me, being a millennial, I kind of experienced a little bit what it was what it was like to not have the internet. But my teenage years, I spent it already with the internet. So for me, it's an easy transition. The younger generations after me, it's going to be an even easier transition. So to answer your question. I believe younger uh, younger crowds and going forward will be more open or will be more inclined towards investing in Bitcoin versus physical gold. Yeah, 100 percent. In fact, guys, if you got started in crypto because of Bitcoin, put a one in the chat. If you got started for any other crypto, put a two in the chat. Let's see what our audience. Let's see what our audience, uh, how they got started. I'd be very, very curious. Crypto, here's the question I have for you. More and more people are going to become, Mario said something interesting, and I don't necessarily agree with it, but I think it's true about how this market is evolving. Five, six years ago, everybody was getting in with Bitcoin. If you got in with XRP, you heard about it on crypto Twitter. You were one of the early adopters on TikTok. Everyone is coming into this market because we're getting validation from the institutions. My grandma, my parents, they're not looking at XRP saying, I want to make a 50X. They're looking, I'm, I have a company, I make money. Where can I put my wealth that's not sitting in a bank account and depreciating in value? That's why I think people are naturally migrating towards Bitcoin. And Mario highlighted a more nuanced argument, which is people like us committing their basically their life, their energy to this, giving their energy to this market every day. They're going far beyond Bitcoin now. People are like us, the average 25-year-old coming into this market. They're probably not starting with Bitcoin. There's a lot of Doge, XRP, HBARs. When you look at the older demographic, maybe 42, 45 and up, 
they're all Bitcoin at first. Oh, and then they, oh, 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 easy with the word older of 42. My God, that's not old at all. That's I mean, those aren't Damn, called the shoe fit. The shoe fit. Oh, now. easy there with the old stuff. My Come God, on, let me, let me, on a serious note, what do you think about what I had to say? I mean, being serious about this, let's, well, they're not old. I'm just saying older than college students. <laughs> Right. Um, 42 year olds are older than college students most of the time, but shout out to my 40 year old college students out there. Um, <laughs> just answer, answer my question before we move on. Uh, you know, I, I, I 100% agree with you. Abs. I, I truly believe the younger generation is going to carry crypto. It is, it is their version of gold. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, exactly. it's an, a, it, it was an apology. Okay, I'm, I'm for people like old. Oh, like, come on, man. But anyway, I'm just messing with you. I love you. I should but say wiser. Work. I like what millionaire guy. Had there you go. Wiser. 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 That's so, right. That's right. Guy. The can wiser. I give an opinion? Wiser, so abs, the wiser people know. Okay, I'm going to call them that gold is really the only true money, and I think the wiser people will continue to hold it until they die and then pass it on to their family. Most of them aren't going to convert it for gold and silver because most people don't, you know, the wiser people, in this case, I will say the older one. <laughs> Thank you, Rachel. They, uh, they, they don't have, I think we talked about this on the air yesterday. They have less of a tolerance for risk because they're older. And if that risk that they take goes wrong and they lose money, they don't have in their minds, they don't feel like they have enough time to get it back. So like my parents, they don't want to really get too much in there. They're in a little bit of crypto because of me, but otherwise they wouldn't be in it because they don't want to take that level of risk because it feels risky. It's, it seems risky, right? The younger generation, there's really no risk to you guys. I mean, think about it. At the end of the day, even if you put some money and you lose it, you've got 20, 30, 40 years of earning power, you know, to be able to earn all that back that you've lost and put it in somewhere else and gain, right? So there's, there's a very so it makes logical sense that yes, the younger generation is going to go into the newer technologies and the newer investments because they can afford they can they can afford the risk to do so, whereas the older generation won't. And that's why you're going to see now what you're going to see is a paradigm shift when all the boomers, you know, start passing away and handing on their gold and it goes to the younger generations. Those generations, I've heard them, they've said. I'm getting rid of that and I'm buying Bitcoin or I'm buying crypto. So at some point, there will be that shift of the transition transition from real physical gold to, I guess I'll call it digital gold because that's pretty much what we're saying Bitcoin is going to be. Uh, I think you're going to see that happening from, from that perspective. Mario, I'm going to kick it straight to you, but we got 374 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. One quick comment on what you had to say, Johnny. You said you were talking to young people and they're more adverse to taking risk, right? One of the things I've noticed about America today, there's a huge wealth divide that nobody talks about. People's parents, I got a lot of friends who are in their mid-20s, early 20s. People's parents are either rich or poor. There's not many middle-class people who make 200000 and are, are and are functioning in a certain type of situation. It's mostly one end of the spectrum or the other. And if you're, if you're poor, you're willing to take maximum risk because you have nothing to lose. And if you're wealthy, you're willing to take maximum risk because it's either not your money or you have the financial backing to where if you fail, you know you're going to be a success regardless. So I wanted to get your take and we'll kick it to Mario. Yeah, no, I think you're, again, you're, you're spot on on that perspective. It goes back to the, the whole conversation of being able to tolerate, <clears throat> to be able to tolerate the risk. And also, this is a great show. Not only do we, 
the audience learn, but now you get to learn abs. You only call cheese old, okay? Remember that. Don't call anything else old. Don't call people old. Just call the cheese old and stick with that. You'll be good. Guys, your team, I got some jokes here for Johnny Crypto, but I'm going to keep it PG this way. Wait, wait, yeah, keep it PG. Let me just answer this question because this is a fantastic question from our audience. You know, I, you're right. I say this all the time. I hope to see how, you know, crypto is bad. CBDC is good. And then my man millionaire says, well, you know, how could they allow Bitcoin to thrive in that event? Well, let me explain to you. The way to think about that is <clears throat> right now, when people think of digital assets, what's the number one asset you think? of? XRP. No, I'm just kidding. Bitcoin. Yeah, okay. Most <laughs> people in the world think of Bitcoin, right? Shiba Inu. And it's been, yeah, Shiba. So basically the way to think about this thing, the answer is for my man here is, to help people kind of get familiarized and soften the blow and get them into digital is you, you let this kind of idea of BTC survive. You let it be out there. People start hearing about it. And then the transition from BTC, which is known in their mind as a digital asset, to a CBDC, which also is a digital asset. You see, you see how easy it is to kind of then have the crossover. So you get it out there. You get people feeling about it. You know what I mean? And so and then I think they will. You know, at the end of the day, they're not that worried about Bitcoin because there's a limited supply. A certain amount of people will buy it all and hold on to it. And we know that's going to happen when the BTC ETFs come out. And so I don't, I don't, I don't really, and I mean, let's face it, at the end of the day, Bitcoin could end up being five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars. You, you'd have to buy a Satoshi, right? Which is one, one, one millionth, I think of it. Um, I think it is. So, but anyway, the reality is, I, I think that that's, that's the reason why they're letting it get out there is just to let people get familiar with the terminology, get familiar with the crypto industry. And make everybody feel good about it. Oh, see, this thing works. We're not controlling nothing. You have your Bitcoin. You can spend it. You can do what you want with it. CBDC, same thing. It's just a digital version, but it's covered by the government. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I get it. That makes sense. And I, and I think that's kind of, you know, <clears throat> why, you know, why they're kind of letting it survive. Thank you, guys. And we're kicking it to Mario. Here's Mike Novengratz discussing how he's certain we're going to get ETF approvals this year. The question is whether just because they're asking... Is it going to be approved? Yeah, it's going to get approved. I, we actually think, you know, we're partnered with Invesco on, on an application. We think it happens this year in 2023. Um, all the, the indications of, of dealing seem to be heading in the right direction. And that's, you know, from... What, what's Mike, though? Because I don't want people to... Mike, people are going to say he's talking his book. He's got, he owns a lot of Bitcoin. He wants this to happen, obviously. What would you pinpoint and specifically suggest that you're seeing around the approval process that is somehow you know, different today than it was a year ago, than it's like, was it's a, two or three years most, ago. The most significant piece was the SEC lost in court, right? The judge said, what are you talking about, SEC? You're, you're, you have a futures ETF and you're saying you can't have a cash ETF. That makes intellectually zero sense. So that's what's very funny about Gary Gensler claiming the rules are clear. Come in, work with us. They don't even understand their rules, but Mario. They, they don't even have the form. Abs, you can't even come in and fill out the form if you want to go online, fill out the form, and ask you how many shares of stock you want to issue. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, come on. It's just not, it's not there. It wasn't ready. And so, you know, at the end of the day, it's just one of those things. But I want to say that this man, he called it. No, not that one. I missed it. Where is it? Actually, he nailed it earlier. I don't know where it went, but oh, here it is. This is, this is, he summed it up better than I did, actually. Think of Bitcoin, you know, the way you think of Kleenex for a tissue, even though a tissue, you know, is a tissue. It's not a Kleenex, but people think of it that way, right? You, when you want one or a Xerox, you can call it a Xerox. You really want a copy. Um, it's kind of the same thing with Bitcoin, right? They'll just Bitcoin will be that whole 
encompassing digital asset. But you know, no, no regrets is right. It, it's coming. It's coming. And he's and let me tell you, that guy right there, he's well connected, Abs. He knows a lot of people and a lot of things. And if he's saying 2023, and I believe our man Yusko also said he heard 2023, it won't surprise me if we get this near the end of 2023. I was always thinking Q1 of 2024, but you know, uh, you just have to be ready that it's coming anytime soon. And man, if you are thinking of getting in crypto and you're on the fence and you don't know, boy. Uh, if this doesn't kick you off the fence, I don't know what will. Mario, we're going to cover a bunch of interesting topics. We're going to cover Elon Musk and Mark Cuban coming after the SEC. We've talked about Warren Davidson wanting to restructure the SEC. <clears throat> Elon Musk has the same opinion. I mean, that's one of the most powerful people on the planet. We're also going to be talking about how Coinbase expanded its perpetual futures trading beyond the U.S. yesterday, enabling 5X leverage trading on currencies like XRP. So Linda P. Jones put out a great thread mm -hmm. last night, and we're going to walk through that. Johnny, I know you got a cough, but you got to mute that microphone, my friend. And Mario, before we get into all those exciting topics, give me your take. Mike Novengratz seems certain we're having an ETF approved this year. What do you take away from all that news? Yeah, well, first I want to say that uh, our Jim Kramer in the chat wanted to see me mad. Instead, they got to see Johnny Crypto mad. So I know that that's a little more common than seeing me mad, but one day, one day. But uh, I think that, you know, all this stuff that all this narrative, this shift in narrative that we're starting to see, you know, flight to quality kind of comments when a few years ago they were saying that it's it's a scam and that it's used for nefarious activities and by, uh, you know, people with with wrong intentions. We're starting to see the shift of that narrative. And it is starting with Bitcoin, of course. And it is starting with the interest of institutions being primarily in Bitcoin. But the one thing that we keep talking about on the show and yesterday, Johnny mentioned, you know, a comparison we discussed with Molly, a comparison between Yahoo and how. Yahoo didn't end up being the winner, and now we have Google. I think that this that is definitely in the cards, and I still have a hard time, in, like not 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 understanding. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that being that we're in this, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, being that we're in this phase where technology is already so advanced, I have a hard time understanding how better crypto technologies are not doing are not getting the advancement. Like, for example, X, uh, XRP and Ethereum or uh, even an avalanche, right, where they're not being the ones that are widely adopted. Instead, we're seeing Ethereum's get ahead. And of course, I know that's because of the people that are involved and, you know, ETHgate and so on and so forth. But I would think that in today's age, because of the awareness that we have and technology being at a point where it's so quick and everybody can get information so fast, I think companies have no excuse to choose better options. You know what I'm saying? Honestly, not really. Uh, can you explain <laughs> that a little bit? Sorry, I lost you there. Somebody so said- my, my perspective is that we keep talking about how Ethereum is kind of this go-to for institutions right now, but eventually that could shift. I just, for companies to choose Ethereum when they know there's a better option out there, that's the part that I'm like, you know, I know that we have- Okay, I get it now. You get what I'm trying to say? I know that we have the people, the, the people backing the project and we have all those conspiracies, which they're only conspiracies until they're proven to be true. But uh, I feel like companies have access to information and they have really no reason to choose a better technology at this point. So Mario, here's my takeaway. We've talked for a long time about a shift into better technologies, not the best technologies. So right now it's basically relationships. Who does Ethereum know? Who have they shaken hands with? And we're going to discuss this like we do every day 
I think right now there's a move into better technologies, not the best technologies. And we're going to have to wait another three or four years before we see firms say, you know what, Ethereum, it can't scale up efficiently. Let's actually use one of these smaller nuanced blockchains like Algorand or HBAR or Stellar. I don't actually think XRP is going to be one of these, I guess, fundamentally chosen. It's going to, it's built for the banks, right? I don't think BlackRock is going to decide, let's make the Ripple shareholders extremely wealthy and tokenize our assets on the XRPL. They're going to pick a blockchain that they can benefit off of. And that's something we can discuss even more. But Johnny, we got a lot of topics to cover. Why don't you just give me your take on what Mario said before we go rapid fire the next 30 minutes? Well, I mean, Mar and I a little disagree here because the way I look at it is it's not about Bitcoin is a separate animal. Bitcoin isn't being judged on its technology. And people even said in the chat, oh, Bitcoin's slow. They said, yeah, it doesn't matter. I wasn't talking about Bitcoin, by the way. Well, then then that's fine. I was talking more about the Bitcoin thing and the challenge of this discussion of, well, no, but in general, you were talking about the Yahoo thing and, and one thing being supplanted by the other. And I, and, I, and I wasn't sure if you were referring to, are you referring to like ETH being supplanted? Right. I'm referring oh. to ETH. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm referring to all these institutions and businesses choosing ETH. And I, I get Abs's point as far as relationships, but I feel like as a company, if I was leading a company, I would choose the technology that's best, not necessarily yeah. Ethereum. That part point. I agree with you hundred percent and companies will in the long run, but here's what's happening in the beginning when nobody really has a good sense yet of what's working, what's best, this and that, the companies are going to assess these different technologies. But sometimes what happens in technology is you get one, one leader that's so far ahead of everybody else, like ETH it was, and they're so entrenched in it, and all the code is written, solidity and all that. So they say, you know what? We're just going to go with what's out there for now. And then that becomes the basis I mean, some of the mainframe computers we have are still running on Fortran and old technology that that mo- there's no coders that can even write it anymore. The bank systems, right? Um, so the reality is, I think ETH is going to have a place to play. It's going to be here for a long time because it was so early out there, and it was, you know, and it's been entrenched by a, a significant amount of developers, and it's got the right connection. So it's gonna it's gonna be there for, and you can build on the layer to make it more efficient and do things differently. So I think you're going to be hearing about ETH for a long time. But at some point, at some point, yes, it will probably get replaced. I agree with Mario, because what's going to happen is you have two things. You're going to have a bunch of companies using ETH, and then you're going to have newer companies looking for an advantage going to the better technologies. And then you'll see that paradigm shift. So that will happen as well. If that's a short answer, we're not going to get through these topics, Johnny Crypto, because we got a bunch of exciting stuff to get into. And we're starting off with Elon Musk and Mark Cuban file a joint amicus brief at the Supreme Court, and they're calling for an overhaul of the SEC's proceedings. Now, why is this so important? Mark Cuban and Elon Musk are two of the most powerful financial people that are in America today, so we can use the world overall. Look at this old quote I found yesterday from Elon Musk. One of these people tweeted, if Elon Musk and Tesla has been baiting the SEC for years, building their case on a level or corruption, and now they have enough evidence to go public with it all. Grab your popcorn, folks. Elon Musk responded to this saying building a case is exactly what I've been doing. This person right here said, starting a fight with the SEC is not a great look. Elon Musk stated, I didn't start the fight, but I will finish it. I mean, Elon Musk, those are fighting words, my friend. So just to give people a little bit more detail about what's going on here, Johnny, Elon Musk and Mark Cuban have collaborated with a few other big powerhouses and filed an amicus brief to the Supreme Court about the United States' concerns 
that the SEC's approach to conducting internal proceedings without its inclusion of juries. So basically what happens is the SEC can accuse you and you are guilty until proven innocent. That's what Elon Musk and, and Mark Cuban are fighting for here. And I think, I don't want to go out on a limb, but I think a couple of the losses that they've taken in the cryptocurrency market may be playing a role here as well. I'm not going to say they watched the Ripple case, but they lost to Grayscale. They lost to Ripple. They're going after Coinbase. They're even going after Binance. And I think guys like Mark Cuban are well aware of that. So Johnny, we don't have to talk about the crypto correlation, but do you think we're going to see an overhaul of the SEC's processes based on the fact that Elon Musk and Mark Cuban are collaborating here? Uh, I don't know, Abs. That's a tough one. I mean, to change a system. I mean, if, if the powers that be wanted to change, then yeah, you'll see it change. Um, and, you know, and Elon and, and Cuban obviously have big names in the industry, so they can kind of create some waves. But do we actually get an overhaul? On the, I mean, I kind of, it's hard to disagree with them. You're right. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be guilty until proven innocent. It's supposed to be the other way around in America. So that they're right. But do I expect to see a change? Uh, I don't know. Abs. It's going to be hard to say. And I got to just address this thing. This guy here. I mean, this is a silly comment. Johnny's praising Eve. Please. Dude, don't go I, off on a huge tangent. I, no, 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 no. But I just got to, for disclosure sake, I don't, I mean, Eth is not even like, it's like eh, in my bags, it's so far low, but it's not even near the top of my bags. I barely own any ETH. So that's a stupid retarded comment there. But the reality is I, I'm just stating what I believe is going to be true about ETH and the technology as a whole. But um, but yeah, I, yeah, guys, I don't uh, for full disclosure, I don't own very much ETH at all. You know what I, I'd like to add, Abs? I think that there there is a case against the SEC. And uh, much like the IRS, you know, you're you're guilty and you have to prove that you're innocent. But um, I feel like the 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 SEC has failed in many fronts. I mean, if we're just going to be addressing the crypto front, I think that they've failed to create a better environment. They keep trying to go all, after all these companies and now exchanges, uh, which, in my opinion, and I'm no expert on on that field, but it's just my opinion. I think that that's wrong because while they're doing that they're still allowing for all these bad actors to, to uh, play in the space. And that's what they should be going after. They should be going after uh, creating or, or asking for regulation. I know they can't create it, but they should be coming to Congress and saying, please give us a framework. Please give us uh, regulation that we can work with because we have all these bad actors in the space and we need to filter them out. Going after Ripple was not the solution. Going after Coinbase, it was not the solution. I mean, if anything, they're trying to kill the, the the companies that are actually trying to be innovators and push the space in the right direction. So I think that Elon Musk has a case for many other things. And I'm not very familiar with uh, all these other uh, cases outside of crypto. But from what I see from within the crypto space, uh, I think that alone could, could hold the SEC accountable. And Mario, with the fact that eight to 10 Bitcoin ETF approvals are on the way in America, do you think we're seeing a structural change? That's what we're going to address after I play this video again, guys. And we got 382 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. This was the breaking news out of Gary Gensler yesterday, indicating that not only are we going to get spot ETFs, we may have eight to 10 approved at the same time. But is it still ongoing since so, you didn't appeal? We didn't appeal last Friday. I think that's accurate. Um, so you could well, still with both. But what we have in front of us, just so that the viewing public understands, we have not one, but multiple, I think it's eight or 10 filings that the staff and ultimately the commission is considering for what's called exchange traded products for, for Bitcoin to be in a, in a, in a security, 
So the Bitcoin would be held and then there'd be something called an exchange product. And that would trade on various stock exchanges. And those filings are in front of us. I can't prejudge any one of them, but there's eight or 10 that we're looking at. Well, there is a large number and there is kind of a narrative in this market. And I wonder if you could put it to rest that someone's going to get to go first. Is that likely to happen or is it likely to be a group approval? If you're going to have one, a, a bunch of products could be approved at the same time. Uh, again, I'm, I'm not going to prejudge staff's doing work on those uh, multiple filings, but it's also. So Johnny, I can't get enough of this clip because I know it can seem like it's boring. This is the most exciting thing to happen to crypto in the last year and a half to two years. We're about to see trillions of dollars come into this market. And we're talking about Bitcoin, but it starts with Bitcoin, goes to Ethereum, and then goes into the altcoins. So the XRP community should be excited as well. 2024 is looking extremely bullish. The case is going to be over. April is looking great from an, uh, an astrology and numerology standpoint, if you listen to Waters Above. But also, all of these catalysts are lining up with the four-year cycle. And with XRP being hyper-suppressed in 2021 due to the lawsuit, we could see unprecedented price levels. We could see $10, $15, $20. And although it's not likely, it, it, life is a game of probabilities, right? There is a situation where XRP definitely reaches those levels. And I think when, when you watch videos like this, it seems more likely than ever. Well, you know, and the thing, and this is the part that gets me confused. Like I see people all the time saying, you know, I hate Bitcoin. I want Bitcoin to go to zero. Screw Bitcoin, blah, blah, blah. And the reality is, no, you don't want that. Because of what you just said, what happens is money flows first in the Bitcoin and then from Bitcoin, which gives it cravings, credibility, then comes out of Bitcoin and then flows into the rest of the altcoins apps. So it's so important. Everybody out there should be carrying a Bitcoin, you know, flag cheering like let's go cheering on Bitcoin. The higher Bitcoin goes, abs the higher the whole crypto market goes as a whole. And at least that's how I view it. And that's how I'm going about it. So at the end of the day, you know, I don't, I, I want to see Bitcoin go as high as they can drive it. That's only going to benefit all of us that are in the altcoin market. You're right. So for me, yeah, I don't, I don't understand the logic. I am super bullish for Bitcoin. I want to see it go high. I don't own a lot of Bitcoin. As you know, you guys know, um, you know, for me, it's more, you know, my bags are more on XRP, FM, those kind of things, but I have a little bit right. And some of the miners. So to me, yeah, no, you want to see, you want to see this whole, uh, this whole industry do well. And it all starts with Bitcoin apps. If Bitcoin goes down, the whole industry is going down. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but that's just unfortunate. You, they're tied together and everybody says it. The industry goes, crypto industry goes as Bitcoin goes. So you better all hope that Bitcoin does well, because I think that's only going to pump everything else up. You know what I see, Johnny? Um, I, I I see kind of like the same comparison, like dismissing Bitcoin at this stage. It's kind of the same as being pro SEC when they went after Ripple, because most people didn't realize that that was an attack in the whole of crypto. And so I think that kind of being uh, dismissive of what Bitcoin is actually creating for the entire space or allowing for the entire space, in my opinion, is wrong. You could choose not to invest in it. But to say that uh, whatever's happening around Bitcoin is not positive to drive the crypto space forward, I think, in my opinion, is wrong. Johnny, Brandon Lauk is asking a great question. Will the price of cryptocurrencies ever remain stagnant? We will address that before the end of the episode, guys. But I want to make sure we get this topic in before we close it out. Yesterday, Coinbase expanded perpetual futures trading beyond the United States. And we're just going to skip right into the important details here. 
On October 18th, traders will be able to bid in USDC, the currency of their choice, on four different contracts encompassing Litecoin, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and XRP. Each of these contracts will offer up to 5x leverage, and the company uh, will soon start offering this on the mobile trading application. So it's going to be in cell phones everywhere. This is what's really interesting, Johnny. Linda P. Jones put out a thread describing how this could improve XRP's price over time. And I'm going to read through these three bullet points and kick it to you and Mario. Linda said, Coinbase approving Perpetual's futures contracts for trading XRP means these three things. XRP is very bullish. If XRP's price was not going to fluctuate or change a lot, no one would be investing or trading in it. Futures contracts allow for the maximum leverage and can lead to outsized profits or losses. Wall Street firms and mostly hedge funds are the firms who are trading in futures contracts. This is about institutional money coming into the trade, and it's not about retail investors. This is bullish for XRP because it means that a large wave of institutional money is close to coming in, and they want to trade it with volatility. The fact that Coinbase is secretive about the countries approved to trade these contracts means that it may be Bermuda and the Cayman Islands, etc., which are the jurisdictions for hedge funds and other offshore funds. Why is this a secret? Because the truth is too telling, at least according to Linda P. Jones. And Johnny, I drew this short, short summary here as well, just describing the impact. Coinbase approval of perpetual futures contracts for trading XRP is a signal of bullish sentiment for cryptocurrency overall. These futures contracts allowing for high leverage attract Wall Street firms and institutional money, indicating a wave of professional traders are entering this market. The secrecy surrounding the approved jurisdictions hints at offshore locations favored by hedge funds. So there's a lot going on there, Johnny Crypto. And the Oof. fact that hedge funds are working with Coinbase behind the scenes, they're keeping this public. Uh, they're keeping this private. We talk about NDAs. These are the NDAs that we're not talking about every day. So what do you think about everything I just threw at you? Well, I mean, I think the most important part to summarize it down for everybody is institutional money. When you start talking about futures, that's where you start talking about institutional money coming into something. Institutional money is what drives everything up and down. You and I as retailers can't drive the price of something up. You would need a shit ton of retailers to be able to do that. But institutional money, much, much bigger bags can easily drive things up and down. It helps drive pricing up. As she said, right, it can, it's going to get the, the charts moving. It's going to create volatility. And that's what people want to be able to see it go up and down. So the reality is, this is exciting times because there is so much institutional money that is just sitting on the sidelines and it's going to flood into this market. As you said earlier, there's going to be a crypto tsunami. I forgot what you called it. But when, when you know, when when BTC hits the stock market, that's it. It's legitimized. It's real. And then all these other things will start to play. But what's really exciting is there's only one that has clarity right now. The only crypto that has clarity, do I have to say it? right? XRP. So there's a there's a potentially huge advantage for that particular one, and then we'll see what the rest of the the industry does as a whole. Abs, but uh, yeah, so I, I'm super excited for this space as a whole. We are heading into a great, great place, and boy, we are here so early. It feels great. Mario, here's yeah. a clip, and then we'll kick it to you. And even though we won in the courts, we don't think that these issues should be fought token by token, case by case, judge by judge. We think we need a rational regulatory framework. But to your question, uh, although we have some policymakers in the U.S. trying to take the lead to come up with a rational, with rational regulatory policy proposals, the chances of anything moving forward in this Congress or the next Congress 
um, doesn't seem to, I, I'm not very optimistic about it. And that's what's interesting, Mario. We're seeing all this bullish sentiment. Gary Gensler talking like he's never talked before about crypto. But Stuart Alderati, who's more familiar than this with anybody or than anybody, he's not optimistic about crypto in the USA, not during this congressional uh, committee or the next. So what do you take away from this news? Well, he's definitely taking the contrarian opinion. And that's not something I dismissed. I actually think it's important to look at things from... Uh, you know, an opposite perspective. We're all getting the feeling that things are getting bullish. We're all getting the feelings that Congress is moving in the right direction and that the SEC is moving in the right direction and that crypto is uh, getting ready for this massive takeoff. But it's also important to, to, to look at that other side of the spectrum and think, okay, is this all part of the plan? Are we just being misguided? So I, I really like to, I really like this perspective and I really liked I really liked sparking my brain to to start thinking about that other perspective. As far as Coinbase, just to give like a quick comment, I think Coinbase will continue to be this uh, like kind of number one choice for institutions as far as custody uh, until uh, you know the 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 JP Morgans and all that they they notice how much of a, a massive market that is, and then they start to, uh, in my opinion, they start to take some of that away from them. But uh, and and then obviously as far as XRP. I mean, in the last bull run, it was the token, one of the tokens with the least amount of clarity. And now going into the next bull market, it's one of the tokens with the most amount of clarity. And, you know, we got Bitcoin and we got XRP and we're talking of United States, obviously, but it, United States plays a massive role in, in world economy. And so I'm really excited for all the things that are surrounding XRP, XRPL. Ripple continues to build products around the XRPL. They continue to expand their, their branches. And so I think XRP... People are, people are kind of focused on the price action, but you really got to focus on all the other things that could eventually result in price action. And we've got some exciting news involving Seller as well as DTCC has agreed to buy startup Secrecy as part of a main U.S. stock market clearinghouse push to offer blockchain technology and services. Why is this important, guys? Because Stellar is connected to this acquisition. So remember that Stellar and XLM is a partner of Security or Securency, however you pronounce this, with very large partners like Wisdom Tree and State Street, aka BlackRock once again. The DTCC, who settles $2.4 quadrillion worth of securities per year, has now bought Securency, this technology that is partnered with Stellar, as we're showing in this graphic. So Johnny, it's another illustration of how Stellar kind of has a competitive advantage in the USA. The token, everybody focuses on the price not moving. These types of updates are very important. So I don't know if we want to spend too much time on this. I got a couple of other stories, but give me your take and we'll move on. You know, I think the one thing I always try to warn everybody here is just because you see one company buying another company and they're part of what another technology doesn't mean that that technology is, you know, that they bought them for that reason. So let's just not make that assumption. There could have been many, many reasons why it was bought. Abs, none of us really knows, but the reality is, you know, obviously you can draw the conclusion. And I do think that Stellar, is putting themselves in making some good partnerships and working behind the scenes very, very hard and quietly. And I won't be surprised someday we turn our heads up like, holy cow, Stellar's killing it. I think that's going to happen because of the connections, but we'll just have to wait and see. And never forget, that's a sister token of XRP. If you're rooting for XRP, you are rooting for Stellar in the process, my friends. And I'm going to I'm going to show you a very interesting update. This is a tweet out of the SEC from this morning. Gary Gensler's twin brother and him making jokes. Happy birthday to Rob Gensler. He should have told his twin brother to take the day off. Before I go to Commissioner Crenshaw, I want to say that my twin brother is uh, happily going to the beach today, but he's happy for me also because he knows I love the job. And um, so he, he would say, keep at it, Gary. 
and do what you want to do on your birthday. Happy birthday to you and, and your twin. I will not ask uh, which one uh, came out first. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, both of you, I definitely have made your marks uh, uh, in, in the profession. My baby brother is doing fine today. <laughs> So Gary Gensler came out first, Johnny Crypto. And that's just a funny update I thought out of the SEC. Not very important, but this is important. Elon Musk and the whole narrative going on here about the restructuring of the SEC. Let's talk about how this might affect the crypto market during the next bull cycle. And we showed this chart yesterday, guys. XRP is pent up like we've never seen before. It's always funny. People draw lines on the charts and it makes everything look optimistic. I could put you know, any chart on the screen. If I draw these lines in the correct manner, it's going to look bullish. But this yeah. really does speak for itself, Johnny. Five, 10, almost 11 years of waiting for this project to do something we've never seen before. It was 240 days. It did 70,000% in gains. And let me just break down the math. That means every dollar you invested was now worth $7,000. And that was in less than one year. If we get something even remotely close in 2024, all of our listeners are going to have generational wealth. So you tell me, what's the likelihood of XRP having a repeat of what we've seen in the past, looking at 2024 as an optimistic year. Well, I mean, it's certainly gearing up. That is a heck of an ascending triangle or, or maybe descending, whatever they call it. But I know that it definitely is building up and certainly seems like the momentum is there for breakout abs. I, I think we are heading in that direction. I can't put a probability on it at all. Actually, a more important question. I totally agree with Boca Vita. How do we know that that's Gary and not his twin brother? That is really the more important question here, Abs. And let me also say, I want to I want to apologize for my words to my man Simony out there. I used a bad choice of words there when he was questioning my ETH gate. So apologize to you, brother. I didn't mean to get emotional. I'm a tired. I get emotional pretty quick. But anyway, let's keep rolling. Absolutely, guys. And we're going to close this video out with an interesting topic. This is one of the top economists on the planet. I can't remember their name, but. This is very interesting. I, be, I believe it's Lynn Alden, if someone can correct me in the live chat, but here we go. Watch the CBDC, and it's not been very successful. They've had very low adoption for a long time. They, they managed to get adoption up a little bit by, by really restricting cash, but then they got riots. The, the central bank governor ended up getting arrested, um, and more people in Nigeria hold things like Bitcoin and stable coins than, than they hold the, the e-Naira, right? So it, it shows that you know, Nigeria is not, not every other country, but it shows that, you know, a CBDC launch is not like a guaranteed success story. Uh, if, if they don't have control of their ledger, if they have high inflation, if they have problems, um, if they're blocking transactions, people will try to flee to better monies. Um, and so I think that it's just, it, the technology has to be good enough that people can do that. And they will use whatever excuse they can. Like, for example, Argentina, which I think currently has like 140% official CPI inflation, um, they, like in 2022, they said, okay, um, banks can't send money to crypto exchanges. Then in 2023, they said fintech companies, payment apps, they can't, also can't do it. They, they cited, you know, money laundering, instability, blah, blah, blah. But of course, the real reason is because they want to slow down the exits from the peso. They, they want to add frictions. And, and, you know, you generally don't see countries that are doing well block the exits. Uh, that that's what that's what they do when when basically the the barns burning down they lock people in uh, currency wise um, and so I think they will keep trying that they will always have re they're never going to say you know our currency's bad so that's why we're going to lock you all in they're going to say look you know speculators are attacking our currency so we have to do this or they're going to say uh, crypto is is bad so we have to we have to restrict it that's the kind of uh, messaging they will generally do to try to keep their ledgers uh, in order.
watch the CBDC. So this that was brilliant because I think a lot of times people talk about CBDCs like like they're inevitable and like they're a guaranteed success. This person laid out a great argument here about why CBDCs, number one, they're not inevitable. People are always going to search for better forms of money. So if they launch a product that has all these smart contracts and restrictions, if there's any free will whatsoever allowed, people will move away from those technologies. I think that was a great point. But the second thing, if they're going to allow CBDCs to be successful, they're going to have to attack decentralized currencies. And that's what she's, or this person said there, is that they are already in the process of doing that. If you look at countries like China and other countries that are offering central bank digital currencies, they're attacking decentralized currencies in the process. So I just realized we only have about two minutes left, but Johnny Crypto and Mario, please both comment. Are you surprised? I mean, <laughs> we've been saying here that this was going to be the narrative. I mean, there it is. I mean, of course, that's what they're going to. How are they going to get you into this if you think this is good? But when they make this feel bad and you're like, oh, my God, that's no good. But, oh, this is good. Oh, OK, we'll go there. I mean, there's no doubt at some point there'll be some kind of event or trigger or something that's going to get people to feel comfortable going in here. Now, in America, I don't I think the event is going to be a UBI. They're going to say, you want free money? No problem. You better take it in CBDC form. Right. And that's how it works. And if you get in CBD form, it's like if you want it, you have to take it in this form. That's how I think they'll end up. You know, that, that would be the only way I think it would make sense here. I mean, I could be wrong. But to me, think about it, Abs. If somebody said. Here's a thousand dollars a month, but you have to take it in CBDC. Don't you think a bunch of people would be taking it in CBDC? Absolutely. There you go. Yep. And I think that I think that the uh, the average person is going to be okay with the CBDC. Um, but the one thing that the one thing that a lot of people don't realize is how similar CBDC and crypto actually is. And uh, as we get excited about institutions coming into the into the space, what are they offering? Centralization. So you can track all the transactions, all the wallets in, in the blockchain. A CBDC essentially is going to be private from a public standpoint, but it's going to be completely traceable from a, a backend standpoint. So I just think these narratives are kind of uh, crazy when you come to really see them. Thank you so much, Mario. And we're going to close this thing out by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Johnny Crypto and thank you to Mario, a.k.a. the Node Defender. We got 346 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I don't know if we have a special guest, but we got Kevin Cade, Bearable Bull. We got an A-plus lineup coming up. So get ready for that, guys. Bearable Bull tomorrow. Bearable Bull is going to be joining the show tomorrow. Quick reminder, Bearable Bull is on tomorrow. We'll see you guys in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, 